James 1 verse 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. This is Courage Cast, encouraging one another so that more will believe. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Well, I have, and I know just the person to recommend to anyone who is considering writing their first book or maybe has written a book in the past, wants to write a second book and really do it right. Well, my friend Dan Wright is the person, the man to talk to. He would be the one I would recommend to anyone that's looking to write a book. Uh, especially if you are not published, there's a lot of advantages to publishing, to self-publishing your own book. And so I get into all of that with Dan Wright. Many of you are solopreneurs. You're working on very courageous things, doing things for the first time. And I think you have a book in you. I think I have a book in me and I'm working and developing some ideas. My wife is writing a book. She's actually finished her book and it is published with a publisher coming out in March. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, But mostly this is for the person who is thinking about writing more than a blog, but writing their own book. That's a dream for most people, for some people. That's a kind of a bucket list thing. Well, it is more realistic and more possible than you think. So here it is, my conversation with the creator of fittingwords.net. Dan Wright. Hi, Eric. It is good to have you in the podcast studio. No, it's amazing here too. I mean, oh. it's like the Bat Cave. Hey, thank you. I mean, all the flashing lights. Yeah, and everything. It's, it's a man cave. It's like, are, what are you doing? Are you monitoring things here? Like, you know, listen. Uh, what what happens down here stays here. It, it does. Yeah. It goes nowhere else. So the, please don't give away any the, of my secrets. The secret bat cave location here. Don't give away my location. It's yeah. it's very secretive. Uh, a lot of stalkers. We've well, I'm not sure where I'm at. You know, it's uh, I was brought here blindfolded. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, there's certain rules to get on this podcast that you have to adhere to, yep. especially you. Because uh, you're very well connected and you know some people that might want to hurt me. I know people. You do. Uh, one might want to hurt you, but I think he's forgotten that. <laughs> I'm sure he has. He, he, hasn't pro- brought it, he hasn't brought it up in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dan, we go back quite a ways. Oh, yeah, man. Back before, I think you had <sighs> dark hair then. We were thin. We were thin, good tan, looking. sexy. <laughs> had just, yeah. We, we had were just going. like, wow. Yeah. yeah, we were amazing. Yeah, we were amazing. Um, I'm not sure what happened to us, but we did play, we've played a lot of golf together. We have in lots of various locations too. Yeah, and we've never won. <laughs> we've always lost. <laughs> we've always lost. That's right. We failed America. Uh, we failed America. But you know, it was rigged all along. It you was. Know, it was rigged. Well, it was part of letting them win because it was part of our strategy. Yeah. We were, I think they were clients of ours. They, they were, were clients. You always let the client win. Always let the client win. Yeah. So just a little background. You uh, have, how long have you worked with 
Thomas Nelson, or did you work with Thomas well, Nelson? Well, you know, I, uh, I worked uh, almost 16 years for Thomas Nelson, the mm-hmm. whole time in the international department. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and, and wow, I mean, and you worked with a very close late friend of ours, Ted Blamar, who led yes. the international department mm-hmm. at Word Records. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Thomas Nelson bought Word Records and owned them for some time, and we sold them to Gaylord. And, well, yep. and that's just how the music industry is, man. Everybody sort of gets sold around, you know. <laughs> that's what uh, happens in Nashville. So Thomas Nelson is probably one of the best-known book publishers in it, our industry. Yeah, that's an old brand name. It goes back to, uh, wow, the 1700s, something yeah. like that, in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's... Uh, uh, a name that's been around a long time, even in the world of Bible publishing. And uh, so it was a great place to work. It was a great place to learn about publishing. And was was, uh, was um, Michael Hyatt the president when you worked there? Uh, Mike came on – well, he was on board with Thomas Nelson back in the 80s. And, uh, and then he went and did his own thing with Robert Wolgamuth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would know that name as well. And they, yeah. did, and they started a company called Wolgamuth and Hyatt. Yes. Publishers. They did a great book with Oral Hershiser. Maybe a lot of your people read a book called The Man in the Mirror by uh, Patrick Morley. Yeah. We, yeah. Did, we did all those books, did some fantastic books, and I worked for them in the area of sales. Yeah. And, uh, and I left I left them, and I went to work with Thomas Nelson. Then in 1998, 99, something along those lines, Mike came back on board with Thomas Nelson in the area of marketing for Thomas Nelson Books mm-hmm. and eventually became CEO of Thomas Nelson. Okay. Yep. I've Got known it. Mike a long time. Good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's influenced, uh, I think, the kingdom for, for great good. I mean, just uh, in insisting on leadership excellence and, yeah. uh, and a great publishing mind as well. Totally. Yep. Have you been fly fishing with him? No. Because he goes fly fishing. Does he? All the time. Wow. I saw him out with Pat Flynn, my buddy. Where? Podcasting buddy, where do you Flynn. where do you fly fish? I think he was out in Montana. Was it okay? Yeah, he goes. Doesn't he? He takes like a month off oh. and uh, just does nothing. I take a month off and work straight through. <laughs> <laughs> a day off for me is when I stop at three. Oh, is it a day? It's like a thousand years. Or yeah, something. you know, I, I can sit shivering in the cold deer hunting for days and never see anything. But if the fish aren't biting in 10 minutes, man, I'm just, I'm <laughs> done. Out, right. And, and I live on a lake. Mm-hmm. I live on a lake and I still don't fish. <laughs> and so, so yesterday I'm I'm cleaning up the cleaning out the garage a little bit. What a waste know. of a location! They, they need a fisherman there. Yeah, you know we used to camp as a family, mm-hmm. but when we you know moved on to the, the lake, you know yeah. we stopped camping, we stopped fishing, we stopped doing any of this. You right. know, we went out yesterday. The whole family was in, so we walked down to the water, and my little you know seventeen month old granddaughter was with us and all that, and we started getting mosquito bit, and so we were right back inside the <laughs> we're house. Out of here. We're, that's it. Man. We're, Get we're, us in the screened in porch. That's right. we, we kind of lost our edge (laughs) (laughs) oh man well um so so we go way back we've played golf uh together in in england uh well in Uh, st andrews yeah uh, we have in scotland we've played we've played not the old course we played next to the old course yeah we played uh the eden course have we played twice together at st andrews i think we did i think we did well you you sent me a picture or took a picture of me in a in a big in one of those sand, sand trap, yeah, in a hole, yeah. It's yeah, like it's what yeah. we it's what they call a trap. We call it the pit we of call, misery. I know it is, was the pit of misery. 
man, those guys know how to play those courses. So, well, we had a good friend there, you know, as a member of St. Andrews, so mm-hmm. we got to go on. But uh, you know, when you play that course, you get used to hitting shots out of those things. And so, I know. You know, Mark Shevlin is his name. Mark Shevlin. He's like a physical therapist, a personal trainer or something yeah, now. Isn't I think he? so. Yeah. I don't know. He got uh, but, real skinny. Yeah. He was a big kind of well not big he was never big he was small but i think he could hit us i think he could hit a golf ball straight up in the air and hit it a second time yep 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 if, if he wanted to mm-hmm. <laughs> it was brilliant so i uh yeah so we have some good golf memories together in the uh, cba christian booksellers association that's kind of our background that's and right. you you were the head of international or part of the international team for a time, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I probably headed up the department. I think if uh, in round fuzzy math for maybe eight years of the yeah. sixteen that uh-huh. I was there, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, every year there for a while, and it's just recently closed up. But uh, there was a very big Christian bookstore or Christian book and music and gift show. Yeah, uh, every year, and uh-huh. it was always in Atlanta or Denver. Yep, uh, Dallas. Yeah, one time in New Orleans, or we played in New Orleans. Remember that we all melted. Oh yeah, oh, yeah we did. New Orleans, Dallas. Uh, it was just hot, just hot. We always yeah. went to the hottest places. Orlando in July. Yeah, you know, just was not. We never went to Seattle. Never did no. Seattle. Never no, did Seattle. never did no. Canada <laughs> no, or never, something. Never reasonable. did Ottawa. Not or even Winnipeg. Chicago. No. no. <sighs> But anyway, yeah. uh, those were the days. It was. It was part of a big industry, and now it's kind of gone a little more underground. You know, there are fewer bookstores, and mm-hmm. we love them, and we want them to survive and succeed. So we want people going and shopping for books and bookstores. So, so you've been independent for quite a while. We both sort of left the industry. I left international at Word. I started Go Global Entertainment, right? Licensing and distributing music until until the bitter end when. You know, Apple, iTunes, all of that sort of took over the industry. Just ran away with that, didn't they? I know. And there was a big time. There was a time when book publishing book publishing was a little bit scared about the future, potentially. You know, you saw yep. Kindle get on the rise and even audiobooks uh, in, in some, at some level. But everybody thought, you know, the death of books. Yeah. We thought it was on. We were on death's door. But what happened? Was there were early adopters of that media, and still there are a lot of people that prefer to read ebooks. Half of all fiction books are read as an ebook, but right now only about a third of nonfiction is read by mm-hmm. ebook. But you had all of those early adopters, and ebook sales exploded. Well, right. that plateaued some years ago, mm-hmm. and so now we're in more of a predictable stage of things. And so people still do appreciate print books. Yeah. My little seventeen-month-old granddaughter has discovered books. She will she will go get a book and and bring it to you, you know. So kids still want to be uh, you know picked up and sit in your lap, read them a book. They they love that time, and um, people still sell books at uh, conferences. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and people still kind of like to hold a book. Well, yeah, they do, and they it's do. And it's really only the only way to give a book away as a gift. Right. Right. Yeah. Is is a physical book, not a gift card. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want something you can autograph one if you're at you know getting an author's autograph, yeah. um, and then you can read it and then give it. Yeah, it's very right? different. It's very different. There's the, the music industry really has the, the the customer. It's always about the customer experience, mm. and the customer just found it much more convenient to listen to their iPods in the beginning, and now right. it's listening to music from your phone. Uh, connect your connect your 
your uh, heads, headphones, your AirPods, and uh, it's just more convenient. Well, it is. You know, and I've got uh, an older truck. It's an Avalanche and it has a CD stacker in yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Six uh, CDs. Six CDs, man. You can, you can load it all in there, but it never seems to have what I want to listen to. Nope. 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 <laughs> and, and it's I, just inconvenient. And, and I can tell it what to do. It doesn't listen. <laughs> and so I can tell my iPhone what I want to listen yeah, to, and, and it goes right on. you can plug it in. Yeah. You can plug it in. So it's, it's been kind of cruel to the music world, but uh, it's turned the corner, and everybody's kind of moving on. But I do feel for artists Yeah. now, yeah. you know, that those days have kind of gone. Yeah. It's and, different. It's a different... You have to sell merch. We yes. have to sell products, books. Some of these yeah. artists are becoming authors. Well, you know, so, and they should be because, you know, I've had some of my, I, I wouldn't say crazy religious experiences, but I've had some spiritual enlightenment at concerts. You know, mm-hmm. something is sung to you. And I think that's, you know, God says he inhabits the praise of his people. Yeah. And uh, I've experienced that, yeah. you know, totally. not often, but I have. And, you know, you think about the book and the music that it's inspired. You think about My Utmost for His Highest. Remember that concert tour oh. that was said? Is that not amazing? That was, and the spiritual depth behind the music and the artists that were behind that—it was, it was perf- a perfect blending of the of the book and a book and a, and a piece of music. Yeah, you know, a product. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. The guys that uh, that partnered together on that to yeah. do that, Thomas Nelson and Word. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think that was probably one of the first one or two years that we were partnered. Well, I think together. we're going to make the same kind of magic. This is a my utmost for his highest type of magic moment here. This is have, I'm having with you right now, Dan. Well, I think you, you know you're kind of close to one of the f- most fabulous songwriters that uh, I am. Knows. A little bit close. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Uh, so, um, Dan, let's talk about you though. I want to talk about how you're serving authors now. Hmm. Okay, so kind of give me a little bit of a of a journey to how you got to where you are today and what you find, what you're most passionate about. <sighs> Yeah, you know, when I left uh, Thomas Nelson back in 2007, um, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to serve uh, other publishers, kind of like with what I was just doing. And that is, you know, helping them with their international sales, licensing opportunities and things like that. And that went swimmingly well for a little while. But, uh, you know, if you were sort of exiting that uh, right about the worst possible time on the planet, which was 2008, it was the worst mm-hmm. recession, international dried up, people stopped paying their bills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I felt... Several companies I, went I, bankrupt. Yeah, I don't know about you, man. Yeah, and uh, you and I felt that. I mean, that was a very sharp, uh, enduring, lasting pain. Yeah. And I was talking to an old friend of mine, and you would know him. Uh, and you know, he'll probably never recover from that. And you never recover from that. You know, a bad golf shot is a bad golf shot. It goes in the scorecard no matter what. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of had to work through that, uh, with a partner. We started a direct to church marketing company, mm-hmm. learned a lot about that and what churches were doing, what they wouldn't do, what they wanted to get on board with. Uh, and you learn a lot about the marketplace that's not retail, yeah. right? You know, because you and I, we spend a lot of time out there in retail. We know that very, very well. But churches are changing dramatically, and it changes from year to year. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, about two years ago, uh, you know, this I, I finally just sort of ad- admitted to myself, this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And that is to serve people who have written a book that simply do not know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've never written a book before. Um, they're never getting an author, uh, an offer mm-hmm. from a publishing house. Right. They need a book fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a business. They're a speaker, maybe at conferences. Maybe they're a business consultant. Maybe they're a pastor who needs something uh, because that's their sort of their level of expertise. Maybe they an instructor at a seminary. 
there's well, there are more reasons people want to write a book as there are books. Yeah, yeah. But they want a very, very professional job done on that. And so all those years that I spent in pub pub board meetings and uh, sales conferences, you know, you kind of learn how you set a book up for success. And you sometimes don't always know what b- makes a book succeed, mm-hmm. but you're pretty darn sure what makes a book fail. Yeah. And so <laughs> you, you keep authors from falling into these traps. You know, you hear things, you hear rumors out there. Well, this is what this guy did to succeed, mm-hmm. right? But you don't know all the backstory. Right, you know, they, right. they think Thomas Nelson made John Maxwell a success. Mm-hmm. No. Well, John Maxwell made John Maxwell a success. And so, you know, you're there to kind of dispel the the myths and the rumors and explain, well, you know, this is kind of what it takes and the price you sort of have to pay. But it starts with a well-published and packaged book. Mm -hmm. Uh, A book has a lot of moving parts. You know, you think about the title, the subtitle, its format, paperback or hardback, or something in between, something different. You think about the cover. You think about... um, the fact that it needs to be easy and fun to read. In other words, it needs to get a good review. Yeah. Because if the reviews on Amazon is, oh my gosh, this book put me to sleep. Right. This book was terribly written. Mm-hmm. This, this is an amateur, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that chases people away by, by droves. Yeah. And so you need professional editing. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no editorial expertise like a book editor's expertise. Mm-hmm. Okay, They've, mm-hmm. They're much more qualified than most people think they are. And it requires proofing. It requires design inside and out. And uh, at a world-class level, that requires some business capital yeah. for somebody to invest in their book. It's an investment. Well, think about it. It's, it's like a, a, um, a, a, a glorified business card. You know, I mean, it's probably the best business card that you can give to somebody. Tell me some of the stories of some of these authors who present their book to come to come with a book to the to their meeting, right? The, uh, kind, of, the kind of business that they generate. I've got three or four authors that do exactly this, and uh, two in particular that I'll talk about. One uh, does business consulting. Uh, he consults with nonprofit organizations. Or actually, both of them consult with nonprofit organizations. Uh, you know, he went to a meeting. He was competing with another consultant for the business. And, uh, yeah, he brought some information, but he brought a book for each of the people that were in that meeting. And the fact that it was really well done, the title, the subtitle, it had all of those moving parts working in harmony with each other. It was not a cheaply put-together uh, product with just a photo as a cover. You know, we talked it through. Uh, had a professional designer, the typesetting, everything. Yeah. Um, and he got that job. He he earned more from uh, a consultation fee on that, uh, probably three times more what he invested in the book. Yeah. So it's a very Just from one yes client. one client's a high return on the investment. The other one does um, also does uh, business consulting for mm-hmm. nonprofits, Christian schools, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that he's out there uh, talking about his book and giving his book away in some cases. He's invited to speak at conferences. He may sell a hundred mm-hmm. or so at a conference, but word gets around. Yeah. You, you, uh, you're you at a conference, you may sell a hundred books, but three people at that conference are looking for a consultant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so that, that just those three will be worth the price of having this book yeah. because, because what? It's building... Authority, right? When you are the person that wrote the book on the subject, you 
are the one who wrote the book on the subject, and, and it, it raises everyone's estimation of you, the value of you. Now, when can an author come to you? Is it after they've written the entire book, or would it be even best to come to you, hey, I've got this idea, and here's an outline? I'm looking for people that are committed to write the book or have written the book. Okay. Committed to writing the book. Committed. So how do you know they're committed? When they write me a check. <laughs> You know, because, you know, guess what, uh, Eric? I mean, I'm committed to them. Uh-huh. You know, I start thinking, you know, I start talking to my jacket designer. I start getting an editor on board. The editors, you know, there's the, some of the people that you and I know. We yeah. have mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're not sitting at home twiddling their thumbs. Right. So if, if I want them, a particular editor, to work on a book, I need to be talking with them to see, hey, are you available in two and a half months? Right, yes. Okay, because I can't just say, hey, you know, I've, got a, I've got a manuscript here. Can you edit it? Well, you know, I've, I've got a rush job that I'm working on for HarperCollins, and I've got this one to get out, and then I've committed to do another one for mm-hmm. Tyndale. So he doesn't have pockets. No, yeah, available. so it's uh, – and you can't act out of desperation. You, know, you need to plan for yeah. things. Then you owe that to your client. So I'm looking for a commitment. But ideally, yeah, I do like to have a finished manuscript. But if I can get that in some sort of wet cement mode, mm-hmm. I can advise them on how to fashion how it's structured. Yeah. By the way, you have a great voice for radio. No. Yeah, you do. I got a great face. You sound. I got an really, amazing face for you got radio. A great face for no, radio. I mean, that's a given. I wasn't going to say that, but but I was it's, really truly giving you a compliment. You sound you. great right now, Dan. It's that baritone voice. It is. Have, do you yeah. ever sing in the choir? You know, I did. You remember Two Rivers Baptist Church when sure. it was up and going on Briley? Remember all those passion plays that we used I went to do? there. Chrissy and I went there for our first date. Really? Yes, we oh, went man. there on Halloween to Judgment House. Ooh, yeah, Judgment House. <laughs> we scared house. ourselves again yes. to recommit our lives to Christ. You did. That was yep. amazing, and man. And it worked. Two River, that was the great days of Two Rivers. We were taking risks. Yeah. You know, we didn't care what the media thought. Yeah. It was but great. You were, you were in the choir. I was in the choir. I and, see you um, choir, I, choir. But I was, I sort of chickened out. You know, I didn't get up there with the cows and the donkeys and the sheep. You know, it's too, oh, it's oh, too smelly up there. I didn't do that. But I, I would put on the tux and I was singing in the pit in, oh. in the microphone so that way the audience would get a great sound, right? And I can't, I cannot carry a tune. You're being serious? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had we had the orchestra uh-huh. and everything, and you yeah. have pit singers. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I didn't so know you were a pit singer. Yeah, I was a pit singer. So if you go see Les Mis, yeah. right, you have yeah. these, you know, you have people singing into mics to do the background music mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I can sing baritone. Oh, yeah. So I could, me if, too. If I, you I, could, you, I, I could sing "It Is Well with My Soul" right now, the baritone line. It wouldn't sound like "It Is Well with My Soul." Could give me a little one line right now. Oh no, I don't know. I would, I would need a note. Okay. To, to um, base it off. No, no, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we I don't thought do you, that. I no. thought you wanted to, I'm making you red in the face right yeah, now. Yeah, you are. This it it would be bad. No. Sorry, we got off tangent. Yeah, we, we did. But uh, the, So the voice for radio is comes from singing baritone and bass. And, but, you know, it's, it's nothing more fun to sing with a team. It's like, yeah. I like team sports and like yeah. singing with the, yeah. yeah. So get your kid off the soccer team every once in a while, put them in a choir, mm-hmm. put them in an orchestra or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And they may never go back to soccer. Learn a lot. Okay. We were talking about uh, putting together a book. So yeah. ideally you'd love to see them have a manuscript. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you get a manuscript back and uh, you know, you kind of, 
put it through the acid wash test. Yeah. Hey, you know, you're chasing some bunnies here. This chapter doesn't belong here. Let's make it an appendix instead. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move this thing to the back and then really write it up and say what you want to say. Yeah. But uh, let's let's think about you know titling this table of contents. So you're you're you're, you're ripping it apart. Yeah. If let's, you need to. Yeah. I mean, let's make it a, a, your voice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's talk about endorsements. Who do you know that could endorse this book? Yeah, that's a big one in there. It's huge mm-hmm. uh, because people like to be asked. You know, I b- published a children's book with Craig Colquitt about a year and a half ago. Craig is the former punter of the Tennessee Vols. He punted for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His yep. two sons still punt in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, guess who he got to endorse his book? Well, Terry Bradshaw yeah, and yeah. Tony Dungy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they love to have been asked. And See, that's that's interesting. My wife is writing a book right now, and the hardest part for us is asking. Like, we feel like we're inconveniencing people to yeah. ask. But you're saying people love to be asked. People yeah. want to be asked. They're honored. They're yeah. honored. You know, Tony Dungy told Craig that. He says, you know, I'm, I'm honored that you asked. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there, but it does it, help to market the book. It helps to market the book, and it's it's good for a name that's uh, out there, credibility. You know, if, if Tony Dungy were to endorse a book, it's like, well, surely this thing is is really a stand-up right. great book, and it is. Mm-hmm. What if Tiger Woods endorsed a book? Would that would that still be a good, credible thing today? The, especially if it was about my putting technique, yeah. Okay, if it was about golf, it'd be fine. It'd be golf, yeah. If it was an inspirational, he's motivational pro- book. He's probably got some work to do uh, when it comes to... Okay. His spirituality, I think. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Uh, nothing, nothing bad to say about Tiger. No, no, no. But, uh, but you know, endorsements are a very big part of that. Uh, you know, what you say about your book. I always tell people to, hey, tell me all about your book in one breath. Mm. One breath. I mean, you got you got to sum it Summar- up. You got to summarize it in one breath. And when you're out of air, you're out of words. Yeah. You know, so it's all about the messaging and what you say about yeah. yourself and your content and things. So. You, you you have to be that good today, yeah, or you'll just be lost in the crowd. Yeah, so there's so many people think, oh, it's, it should be easy to to self publish a book. Yeah, it it could be, but it will look like crap. It will, yeah. it will, and it'll never make its way to the buyer at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Say, I offer people professional sales and distribution. We'll get your book to the buyer at Barnes & Noble, but only if it goes through this process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't have a champion editor, great jacket design, mm-hmm. and all of these things, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're published with, uh, by yourself or with me, a hybrid publisher or a traditional publisher. It's the same buyer at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Yep. You've got to chin the same bar. Uh-huh. And so you, you can do something pretty cheap, and you'll get every penny's worth. Yeah. It always is what you invest yeah. into it. Um, so you, you are a hybrid publisher is what you call yourself. Yeah. Fittingwords.net is your website. That's it. Right. Yeah. And that's a really nice uh, logo. Nice like FW there. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Do you? have any well yeah you know fitting words <clears throat> comes from uh, a proverb in the bible the uh, where it says in the king james vernacular uh, a word fitly spoken at the right time is like apples of gold and pictures yeah. of silver and you know that's true you know you've read a book you've read books i've read books people have read books it's not the page turners from page 1 to 300 man it's it's that one thing somebody said in a book that changes a life yeah that turns on a light Changes a marriage for the good, yeah. changes your life for the good, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's what I call a fitting word, right? And then there's there's the course, the the meaning, what the editing and the fitting and the working together of the books, and then my uh, logo 
is two old typewriter keys yes. that FW put together. Well, I still have that typewriter. Do you really? Yes, I typed on it as a kid. It was an ancient oh, typewriter I did back too. then. Yeah, I, I loved it. It's an old royal typewriter, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's in my bonus room. Mm, mm. Yeah, but I, I typed my name over and over and over and over, and it's still hammered into that little rubber <sighs> thing there. Right? Nothing better than that. Yeah, the sound of a typewriter typing on paper. Yeah. Hey, you know what's fascinating is to have like a teenager come in. Uh, I had an office in an old mansion. It was really cool, uh, but I would have some teenage girls come in every once in a while because their mother worked for me, and uh, and they didn't know what tab meant. <laughs> They didn't know what any of these terms meant, yeah, and they yeah. know what they mean in a, on a word processor. That's but true. but they see it on an antique typewriter, and then it comes, the light comes. Out. Oh, this is where we get that. This makes sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's so cool. So, if there are first time authors listening, if there are authors who are maybe have written a book in the past, maybe they want to go to you and and republish and do it the right way. Right. How can they reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you and work with you? Easy thing to do is go to my website, fittingwords.net. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a way to contact me through that. In fact, I got an email last night. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, you know, some people bring me new books. Some people bring me an older book. Yeah. Because, you know, it was uh, really done. It's kind of shabbily done. The typesetting is not very pretty at all. Mm-hmm. It just didn't get much thought. And, and uh, you know, it just needs to be done over. It needs to be updated. They want to refresh some of the information in there. Yeah. And, uh, and so we'll re release some books that way. But Sum- that's- summarize for me uh, in a real short way, as best as possible. Why somebody should write a book? Well, sometimes it's um, it's something they've always wanted to do. They've always wanted to write about a family member, about uh, something that's meant a lot to them personally, spiritually. Maybe it's the family. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that uh, they've been speaking or preaching all their life, and it's that sermon that always resonates, right? And so they they want to put that into a book. It, look, it doesn't have to be a big textbook. Mm-hmm. Lots of books that are read and really impact. They're actually very short books, mm-hmm. okay? So probably a third of the books that we do are actually quite short. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing is just don't uh, don't make a book too long. When you're through writing, you quit. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. Hey, when, when, you, when you've said it all, hey, just shut you up. you feel like you have that's to right. speak too much, you, it's just like in words, like verbally. If, you, if you're talking too much, you really don't know what you're saying. You're really insecure about what you're saying. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, don't have to say it twice. Just say it once, say right? Say it one time. Yeah, well, you know, you've read a book where, uh, oh, man, the author really gets into the weeds. They've uh, lost the plot. They're I developing know. some other story. This and, is a rabbit trail. And, and, I, and I find myself, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll skip through like 65 pages yeah. and, and and just start trying to re-pick up the story, especially in fiction, you know. Yeah. But uh, I always tell people this little bit of advice is, is you know, you've read this book where, uh, have you read parts of a book that uh, you wish that author would leave out? Yeah, yeah. Well, leave those out of your book. Right? <laughs> well, and the great thing is, from a marketing perspective, you can use some of those nuggets, especially in a fiction book, and say, hey, you remember when I talked about this and this and this? Hey, go to my website Huh. And uh, sign up for my email list. I'll send you 
the chapters to, that talk about this. Oh, that's a that great idea. In the book. You know, the Lord of the Rings on YouTube, uh, the outtakes mm-hmm. uh, are longer than any of the movies, I think. Right. It's, <laughs> you, it's you, so you interesting. Yeah. People, if you're a fan, you'd be willing to pay for that. You'd definitely be willing to give your email address for that. And we didn't even talk about the, that's such a key in marketing is to make sure that you connect with your audience you know and and we really need to explore that i know that you don't want a podcast that lasts 55 minutes but um, a a very important part of why you publish a book is to build your business contacts you want to build a tribe of people that uh, they want to engage with you believe that or not right Mm -hmm. and and so you need to engage with them and a lot of that is offering a free download uh, and, and having a website yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, you know, I don't know what your website is, ericnordoff.com or whatever. Com, courageouscommunity.com. Yeah, and so uh, you want to bring people to that because that's your home court. You can do giveaways there. People can sign up to things. We do a, sev- a free seven-day challenge. Yeah. Courageous, living your most courageous life challenge. Great. And so, but every time you want to do something new, you've got people that you can, you can tell them right away. Yeah. And so uh, that's one reason why people can do a book and sell the book themselves and capture those names and maybe give away uh, a book every once in a while for free, your ebook for 99 cents right? Uh, and start to build a following maybe of a hundred thousand, a million people or. Well, Well, think about it. Uh, You're going to, if you write one book, you might write a second and a third and a fourth most likely. So you gotta be thinking about, Building, a, if you want to do this full time, some people dream of right of being an author and a speaker, yeah, full time, right, and doing these kinds of things. So, well, they put in a lot of hard work on their first first book, yeah, right, and yeah. so that first book is out there generating excitement, drives people to your website, and you're capturing those names. Now you do a second book. Wow, you know, you might sell eight hundred or a thousand books on the first day of release It'll of your be second much book. Easier, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and then you do a third book, and maybe you're up to two thousand on the first day of release. Right, right. See, now you're thinking like a traditional publisher. You're out there working for that release date. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what we called. You know, how many books are we going to drop? Quote unquote, drop on the first day. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a positive thing. Yeah, it is. It's a big thing. I grew up thinking dropping a book was negative. Yeah, we made a sound. The teaching, you got in trouble. Yeah, you got paddled dro- at school. Didn't drop you? my lunch tray yeah that'd be the worst <laughs> school lunches yeah all right well we are out of time dan um i wish we could talk a little bit more but uh i think we uh will offer people uh, again just repeat where people can get in touch with you continue the conversation and yeah. begin to talk about the inspiration behind writing their own book yeah www.fittingwords.net and uh, message me and tell me what you've got going, and we'll just uh, get an email conversation going. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, maybe we can connect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. All right, Dan. Thanks for being on the Courage Cast. Hey, good to see you. This has been fun. Let's go hit some. Let's go play some golf. Okay. Well, I, I got to blindfold me to get me out of here. I know. First. I'll, I'll help you. All right. I'll carry you. No, thanks. All right. How many of you are ready to write your own book? I am. I'm pumped. I'm going to spend the whole month of November writing my first book, and I can't wait to share more about that with you. All right, friends. Next week, I will have my brother-in-law, Chris Dodd, who shares, who is a great father, by the way, and he shares with me some great fathering tips, um, how to raise, he's got four boys, how to raise four boys in this world that we are in today of technology and distractions and uh, short attention spans, man, it's a great conversation. You're going to love it. Um, I bring in my brother-in-law, Chris Dodd, 
All right, friends, look for that next Wednesday on the next episode of the Courage Cast. But for now, remember, encouragement builds belief and belief makes the impossible possible. It really does. Don't forget what Jesus says in Mark 10, 27, with God, all things are possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.